Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. Hey, do you know how Jackson 5 tested out their new single? ABC testing. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. Okay. Uh, Do you know how Jackson 5 tested out their new single? I don't. How? ABC testing. Okay, so now I'm going to stop you and ask you, was the first joke better or the second joke better? They're the same joke. Joke A or joke B? Oh, but I guess they weren't because you did the, because you did the, the singing version, yeah. Yeah. They were a little different. Probably B. You think so? Yeah. Well, cause, cause, well, the delivery was better because you waited for me to think about it for a second. Yeah. Okay. But also the sec, the second time I knew the punchline. But also the first time I could have guessed the punchline because. Yeah, this this was not a this was not a very good A B test. Um, We're going to talk about why in just a moment. You are listening to linear digressions. Okay, so why was this not a good A B test? (laughs) Um, Well, so (laughs) (laughs) well, where should I start? (laughs) Let's count the ways. Um, Well, I guess maybe the classic example is the A-B tests you're supposed to randomly assign usually individuals to either one one situation or the other. So I guess in this case, the way that you would really A-B test those two jokes is you would find 20 people and 10 of them you would randomly ask the the first joke. Uh, The other 10 you would randomly assigned to ask them the second joke and then you would compare the answers that you get both ways as opposed to asking people do you like this better how about that because that right has all kinds of experimental sort of bias problems with it and in terms of um in terms of i guess technologies podcasting is probably the most uh archaic of them but it would be really cool if we could release this episode and to half of the people who downloaded it, they could get the first joke and the, the, the other half could get the second joke. And then uh, I don't really know what our metric of success would be because we can't really poll people afterwards. But that would be a little bit closer to a good A-B test where, we're, where everyone is only hearing one joke. They're either hearing joke A or joke B, but nobody is hearing both of them. Yeah, and I, I think every once in a while we even sort of muse for a moment on the possibilities of being able to do something like that, although I really don't feel like dealing with that level of uh, complexity. Well, so, and actually, that was a perfect setup for what we want to talk about today. Um, so I'm talking about a blog post. Link is on lineardigressions.com as usual. Um, but this is from a blog called the Unofficial Google Data Science Blog. So a bunch of uh, blog posts about data science from some folks who are work at Google, but are not officially speaking on behalf of Google. So, Oh, know, I see. That's stuff. why it's called the unofficial Google data science blog. I think so. Although I, I don't know, I could be totally wrong, but that was, I think what they mean by it. Um, but anyway, there is a uh, post in there called compliance bias in mobile experiments. Um, the author was Daniel Percival. So we're kind of following that, uh, that post today. And uh, they're talking, the post is all about if you're trying to actually do a an A-B test in something like, uh, say, the Google Play Store, 
then there's all kinds of things that make it so that that scenario violates some of the assumptions that we have around A-B tests in a way that you might want to correct for when you're doing your analysis. Oh, interesting. So, so the idea of a really pure A-B test is in some setups kind of a fiction, like you can't actually get a pure setup. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit. And so let's um, actually, I really like your analogy here with the two podcast episodes. So let's let's follow that. The example that's in the blog post is kind of like different versions of an app. Um, but we can use the same logic to explain the key ideas from that from that post. So if we wanted to A-B test the intros to these podcast episodes, uh, let's imagine let's imagine we had a slightly more fine-grained uh, measurement that we were trying to make. So let's imagine that everybody who downloads this episode and starts to play it, let's imagine that we could see how far they make it into the episode. And we say, if you make it all the way to the end, then that's good. And if you quit after four seconds, then that's bad. And so, <laughs> Once you hear the pun. <laughs> yeah. And so if we do a really terrible job on the pun, a bunch of people tune out and we're like, oh, okay, so we've learned something. Um, and then and the other version of the pun, yeah, yeah people stick around. Yeah, I was going to say, and... let's be honest, some people do tune in just for the puns. I'm, I'm certain of this. <laughs> Incidentally, Ooh. if you're one of those people, please do email me <laughs> and let me know. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear why. Why, why do you do why? that? <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track. Um, okay, yes. so uh, figure of merit is how long does someone listen to the podcast? And let's suppose that we had some way of measuring that, which in practice we actually don't, but whatever. Uh, we're living in, in imaginary land right now. And so the thing about A-B tests is sort of like I said, the the whole premise of the exercise is you're, you're doing causal inference. Um, and so we're very specifically trying to say it's because of this joke that people leave the podcast early or they think it's so great that they stick around for the whole thing. And when you're doing causal inference, that means that you have to be fairly careful about the way you set up your experiment. And in particular, one of the best ways that you can make those causal statements is with uh, basically a, a randomly controlled trial. Um, so that's that element of randomness about whether you get joke A or joke B. And so an A-B test, one of the fundamental things that you have to do when you're running an A-B test is make sure that people are randomly being assigned to one group or the other. Um, otherwise, you can end up with uh, biased results. So a good example of this is let's say you're running an A-B test, or rather, let's say we ran an A-B test of this episode with the jokes, and we didn't randomize, but instead we said everybody in the United States gets joke A, and everybody who doesn't live in the United States gets jokes gets joke B. And then that's how we split people and we look at the difference between the two groups. Well, maybe there's something about joke A that people in the United States really don't get or something like that. That's because they live in the United States. It's not because there's anything particular mm. about joke A and whether it's funny or not. Um, but it's maybe people in the United States have a terrible sense of humor. And so, you know, they it doesn't matter whether we had given them joke A or joke B. They're just not going to like anything. We're not going to be able to, to pick that out or analyze right. it correctly if we don't get the, the randomization correct. And so the thing about A-B tests is usually there's kind of this assumption that as soon as you assign someone 
to either the treatment or the control group, which is just sort of another way of saying what are the two groups that we're testing against each other. As soon as you assign someone randomly to a treatment or the control group, there's kind of this implicit assumption that that person receives the treatment or they receive the control. And in the case of the podcast, this is actually, this is actually, we can see how this wouldn't necessarily be the case. So you and I, Mm. before, yeah, so you and I, before we started recording this episode, we were poking around a little bit through our statistics in, in, in SoundCloud and trying to figure out when we, when we release an episode, uh, you know, when do people actually end up downloading it and all this sort of stuff. And there's a very particular pattern that we have to the downloads of our episodes that maybe you noticed. Well, I noticed a couple of things. First of all, all of the downloads, like if we release an episode on a Sunday, then we're going to get a ton of downloads on that Sunday. And then we're going to get some more downloads on Monday and on Tuesday and Wednesday, but they'll kind of taper off. Uh, and then another thing is that typically people tend to download our podcast um, sometime between 11 a.m. and or sorry, 11 p.m. and two in the morning or three in the morning. And it's because it's not the people downloading the podcast. It is their uh, typically their mobile phones, their podcast apps on their mobile phones, um, which say, hey, I'm charging and hey, I'm connected to Wi-Fi. And hey, the person who uses the phone is not using it right now. So maybe now is a good time to update all of my podcasts, right? And so you'll find you'll find that uh, as a podcast producer, you'll find that people download it um, in the middle of the night. But then that raises the question, okay, it's downloaded not by the user, but automatically. And so just the fact that it's downloaded does not necessarily mean that the person listened to it. Uh, you don't know when they listen to it or even if they listen to it. Yeah. So we're, for the sake of our thought experiment, we're imagining that we do know if they listen to it. I'll agree that you don't know when they listen to it. And that's actually a really good point. Um, but the first thing that you said was the one that I really wanted to focus on. So let me unpack that a little bit more. So what you said, um, and it's true, is that we put up an episode and then there's, you know, little like RSS feed pingers and stuff like that that automatically download it. For most of the people who listen to this podcast, they download it within 24 hours of when we post it. Um, but there's a there's kind of a long tail. And so there's still a bunch more downloads 48 hours later, 72 hours later. And then generally it kind of tapers down and then it spikes back up again because we've come to the next week. And so the point that I'm trying to make is that imagine that we have, we're running our little A-B test of our two different kinds of, uh, our two different kinds of puns. And so there are a bunch of people who get pun A and it shows up in their, in their feed whenever the RSS feed thing goes and fetches it. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of other people, they get joke B when, whenever the RSS feed goes and gets it. And let's imagine that... The people who listen to the podcast right away, like the people who listen to it, like the day that it gets out, let's imagine they're just huge fans of you. And in particular, if they can hear you singing, that is just going to make them so happy, right? And so- I like this universe (laughs) constructing. I don't think it's real, but- (laughs) Well, let's follow the thought experiment Let's just pretend. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Big Ben fans, they like me singing. So imagine, so people who really like the podcast, 
they listen to it right away. They really enjoy you singing. And so they're going to just be disproportionately excited about joke B. Right. So what's going to, what's going to be sort of like the early 24 hours in results about whether joke A or joke B is funnier? Oh, I, I think I see where you're going with this. So yeah, initially joke B will be funnier. Yes, because there's this thing that's biasing the results that we get that that basically our early adopters mm. are different from perhaps our mainstream listeners. The long tail listeners. Yeah, yeah, in ways that, that, that in particular, our, listener, our early adopters are different from our mainstream listeners in a way that wow. perhaps correlates with a, the thing that we're trying to study. So you're basically making the case that there might be a dependency between... Uh, the the differences between the jokes and the the time that it's released, and, well, and the time that people receive the treatment. So right. this makes a we'll go back to like the blog post example because this might make it a little bit more uh -huh. straightforward. This actually uh -huh. comes up in mobile experiments, right? So imagine yeah. that the mobile experiment is that there's an application that people have, like a game, and there's some new feature that you've added to the game. So you're trying to tell half the people get the feature, half the people get the old version of the game. Um, and in particular, it sounds like usually the way that you add a new feature to the game, kind of the standard operating procedure, is you add the feature to a new version of the game that gets released, and then you offer that version of, of the game to half the people randomly selected. And so what that means is that in particular, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a person who is just a real procrastinator when it comes to updating any application on my phone. <laughs> mm. I'm like, would you like to update this? And I'm like, no, 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 leave me alone. Um, and and then there's probably, I don't know, let's suppose there's people like you that you're like, oh, sweet, there's a new version. Like, absolutely, sign me up. That and so, me. yeah. And so maybe the people right. who are, uh, you know, are going to be really excited about this new feature. You know, they're they're big fans of the game. They play it every single day. Uh, you know, they as soon as the update is available, they see that it's available because they're opening the the app every day. And moreover, they're they're a particular type of person who's uh, going to say yes to that as opposed to just kind of saying like, "Not now, leave me alone." And so that right. means that then it's going to be adopted by people who have certain characteristics that could affect how excited they are about that feature. Now, this doesn't really matter if you wait a year and then analyze the results. But if you do a data, if you're the game company and you do that release and you do your data readout after like three days or after a week, then absence in your readout is going to be Katie Malone's experience because Katie does not update her app very, apps very often. And so it's going to be biased. Your samples are going to be biased and your results are going to be biased towards the kinds of people who will update their apps more frequently. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, it's not even like there's different types of, <laughs> there's, just, there's just people like me who are really stubborn um, and are almost <laughs> never going to update their apps unless you really force me to. And there's even other kinds of cross-contamination that you can get. So what does it actually mean? Let me, let me unpack this for a little bit. What does it actually mean? Let's, let's suppose if I were, let's say I get the, I get the treatment version of the app. I get the app with the new feature, uh -huh. uh, but I'm a really stubborn person. And so I don't update it. And so what that means is that even though I've been assigned to the treatment arm, what I'm actually getting is the control. I'm actually getting the old version of the app mm. or, uh, and so 
you count me in the treatment group, but any app usage change that I have gets uh, is because of things that are happening in the control group. group but you're attributing the changes to the treatment group. I and see. so as a result of that, I kind of get counted in the in the denominator of the treatment group, but not really in the numerator. And so if you make the conclusions too early before I've had a chance to really be forced into using this or I have a chance to use it or whatever, then the treatment effect is going to be underestimated because um, there's kind of all these folks who haven't had a chance to actually experience it yet. Right. So you're actually going to get the measurement wrong. I see. I see. So where I would where where I thought you were going, and and this is probably still a thing. It just might be a little more subtle, but also very insidious. Is that even if you were even if the game company releases their thing, and then they somehow are able to know whether you've up, updated the to the app, like they could conceivably, if they had that information, they could say, okay, well, Katie didn't update the app, so she counts as being in the control group because she never downloaded the new app. Uh, even in that case, you have a biasing towards the types of people who upgrade their apps more often in your uh, treatment group. Uh, potentially, yeah. And so what you need to do is try to measure some, there's, you know, whether they were assigned to the treatment group and then have some some separate measure about whether they've actually upgraded or not. And I don't know enough yeah. about app uh, app development to know, you know, if how easy it is to get that fine grain control. Like you can say whether a certain a certain user has been assigned to a group, some group or another, because you're in charge of doing that assignment. But then, you know, do they actually update their app? And if they've updated their app, have they used the new feature? The, that might be a level of um, you know, specificity that you aren't necessarily set up to collect easily. Um, and you can also get cross contamination the other way. This is much less common, um, and in fact, it. It's so uncommon, at least they said in this blog post, that they basically ignore this for all practical purposes. But you can also get people who are uh, such fanatics that they do this thing that's called sideloading, which is when I've heard that there's a new version of this game. Um, yeah. And I'm so excited about I've heard that there's a version of this podcast somewhere where Ben sings. And I am I got this lame version where he doesn't sing. But I'm going to go out and I'm <laughs> going to find the good one where he does. And then, you know, you get basically contamination the other way. I'm feeling so good about myself right now. Oh, good. You should. You know, uh, I, maybe. An, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's OK. You know, maybe another version of that is. When you assume that your your two universes, I guess, in a sense, your groups are separate, but they actually are not separate for some reason. What do you mean? So I guess an example of that with a podcast is, let's say that uh, me and my girlfriend both subscribe to, to this podcast and she gets one version and I get the other. And we go on a road trip and then I, I play it and she hears my version. Yeah, that's a good right. Yeah, that's a good example. Or another example is, uh, let's say that you're A/B testing a website, and someone is using the other computer, or maybe someone sends a screenshot of something, or maybe there's an article and and one person shares it to another person who otherwise would be assigned randomly to a group. So like, there are all of these these potential situations where you have these two uh, distinct groups of people or these two populations, uh, what what many would call two universes, uh, 
And you might assume or believe that they are actually independent from each other, but just because of the way the real world works, they actually are not. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's all kinds of scenarios that I hadn't even imagined. But yeah, and especially if you're a statistician who's in charge of measuring effect sizes that are sometimes fairly small, those sources of of measurement error are things that you want to take into account and, and maybe even correct for. And so I think that's the that's the latter half of this blog post that we won't get into in tons of detail because there's um, basically what this means is that there's populations that you think look like they should be the same, namely the randomly assigned treatment and the randomly assigned control. Um, but there's corrections that you can do by looking at the actual behavior that you see in those groups and doing some um, using some techniques that are called propensity score weighting and propensity score matching. Maybe we'll cover them in some, some yet to be uh, recorded future episode. Uh, but the point is that this is not irreversible and that there's ways that you can uh, come up with estimates of how big of an effect this is and maybe even correction factors. But uh, the main thing that I thought was pretty interesting here is, is just the idea that just because you've randomized treatment and control and you've kind of run your a b test according to the book that uh you know people (laughs) people can get in the way in ways that are not in the assumptions of the a b test and so you have to be a little bit smarter than them if you're trying to do something that's very precise and so with that this is not a randomly controlled trial that we're going to turn in here but if you've made it all this way to the end of the episode we're going to run a little uh pretty biased experiment here uh tweet at us and tell us which version of the joke is your favorite and then we'll know for the people who made it all the way to the end so you're kind of a biased sample right now Mm -hmm. uh but for that biased sample which joke is your favorite and then and then we will have answered all of the questions that we raised today (laughs) can i uh can i tweet at us will i be counted yeah absolutely or am i just especially biased which is my answer yeah Oh, I I certainly can't say that on the podcast, can I? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can D you can DM it to me so that people don't even see it showing up in your Twitter feed. Yeah, that's well. There's not very much in my Twitter feed. Tweet your thoughts. Tweet your thoughts about my puns as linear <laughs> digressions on Twitter. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.